Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack. And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and this is one of our News and Cues episodes. The News stands for News, and the Cues stands for Questions. Your great Star Wars questions that we can't wait to dig into. I'm excited, Ken. We got some good news. 
We do have some great news. You're right. And and uh, News of Q is our Star Trek show about Q <laughs> uh, coming our way, too. Uh, before we get to all of this, I want to remind you today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, which I'm trying to think of MP3 players back in the day. I, I didn't have one. I used compact discs. There you go. <laughs> uh, a little bit later, we have our uh, Four Center recommended audiobook we think you should try out on us and help the show in the process. Uh, Star Wars Life Adventures. You know, one of my life adventures was driving around in my 2002 car, listening to my 2002 mix CDs. Joseph, so life's good. How are you? <laughs> what was uh, garbage? Uh, what were you listening to? Uh, the <laughs> band Garbage. Not that all music no. in 2002 is garbage. Uh, garbage would have been on there. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was all over the place, man. It, it's been, but it, what's weird? Yeah, obviously, I love my 90s rock. That's my my era and everything. But this is a lot of early 2000s rock, a lot of Weezer when they were coming back, Green Album stuff. Uh, but what's funny is, you know, I haven't heard. I found, I got this car after I, my, my Camry was totaled. And so now I have a car with a working CD player again. Yes, I know I'm hip. I'm hip, kids. <laughs> so I found this case of old mix CDs. And you put them in and it's like it transports you back to that year. That moment, the the track listing. I know what song's coming next. Like, oh, <laughs> Lemonheads are popping up. Oh yeah, there they are. It, it's a weird trip, man. It's a weird trip. Oh, that is awesome. You know that whole music thing. That's pretty good. I've been trying to listen to more music, and what do you know? It makes you happy and things like that. It's amazing, amazing oh. the power power of music. Uh, the things we learn on our Star Wars podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't have any uh real specific life adventures to share. You know, all, all of the ups and downs of the world, getting ready for the election. I like Halloween, spooky times, been watching some fun, uh, scary movies, working on some writing projects. But the the big thing for this week, it was not a big thing, which is why I wanted to share it, is last night, uh, we record on Monday, so last night, Sunday night, I realized outside of staying up on the news, I hadn't really had any Star Wars adventures. <laughs> this mm. is the first time it happened where I said, well, I just need to make a Star Wars adventure. <laughs> so I have something to talk about. Uh, so I was like, there's some action figures I have not checked on. Uh, and I was looking around for action figures I wanted to buy. Uh, my wife was just finishing making uh, dinner so we would could sit down and eat. And she was like, you know, 60 second warning. We're going to be sitting down to eat. And I was like, I got to I got to find. And uh, I found one of the action figures that I have been wanting. And it's always hard to tell when they're actually out versus when they've been announced versus pre-released on Hasbro yeah. whatever at that point it's hard to keep up with but uh long story short with just like seconds left to go in my action figure looking time I got the last copy on uh Amazon of the remnant stormtrooper vintage figure a vintage oh. collection uh from the Mandalorian which is one of the ones I've been super excited about so there was my Star Wars adventure last minute click to get the uh, remnant stormtrooper heading my way is it? I haven't really seen that one. Is it? Is it dirty? Is it depressed? It's dirty. It's just you know the what I love about it is you know Favreau always talks about we just dumped out uh, our action figures and played basically. I had my original stormtrooper whose uh, thumb eventually fell off the original Kenner, so he couldn't hold his blaster anymore. Right. <laughs> A kind of pacifism. But I remember uh, looking around at different places we were going to live because my family moved around a lot, and sometimes I would bring that stormtrooper and like put him on a mantle or in the corner of a bedroom to see if uh, if he was a good fit for the house like <laughs> i had that stormtrooper for so long i still have him and he's so dirty he's so filthy so when i saw like the remnant stormtrooper it was like 
my action figure is official now because that that action figure of mine from you know way back in the day is a remnant stormtrooper and now i get the new fancy one the fancy <laughs> dirty stormtrooper i love little traditions like that too anytime i get a new uh, move to a new house or get a new sound system of some sort or an mp3 player i, I put on a beatles song just to like, all right it sounds good we're good to go for so remnant stormtrooper for you uh Beatles song for me. <laughs> Excellent. So that was my Star Wars adventure. Did you have any uh, Star Wars adventures? I'm like you. I did not have a lot this week. Uh, there's a lot, lot going on. Obviously, we're all, we're all, we're all feeling that, and on many, many sides. Um, some things good, some things horrible, some things just uh, depressingly in the middle, right? Uh, um, but I did. You know, you know, you know what you need, Joseph. You need you need to launch a Twitch channel where you do a a figure unboxing every week, and then you'll have to buy figures, right? Oh yeah, and I'll have to open them too. (laughs) I'm gonna do it, and yeah, in on unboxing video of like, watch me not open this action figure. Watch me almost do it. Um, So I I do that quick build and uh, show on my Twitch channel uh, and build the Star Wars Lego sets. And I've run out of mid-sized sets to build. Uh, the only ones I have left are, I'm very fortunate, have some some bigger sets, the Death Star, Cloud City. I, I can't, I have no room. I can't even build them. I can't store them. <laughs> You've reached the breaking point. Uh, uh, made one of those uh, inside trips to Target, uh, which uh, Grace and I have been doing a little bit more, you know, masking up and being a little more comfortable out there, which is dangerous for the pocketbook. Saved a lot of money being locked in my room. For <laughs> and I went and I've been looking, I've been eyeing that Mustafar dual set the lego set and finally did the old you know what i need to i need to brick build i need this is for work and maybe i'll make <laughs> my money back so i bought it and i built it yesterday and it was great little set it, it's got uh moving pieces and you got you know you got your choices these modern lego sets uh back in my day we had one face now you can switch so you can have obi-wan being like kind of grimacy or obi-wan screaming and same with Anakin. So, something. <laughs> and I love the minifigs. I love Lego sets. I've been a collector since the early '80s. But those minifigs truly are, are fun. So I have a bag of Star Wars minifigs growing. I don't know what to do with them, but I have it. <laughs> are uh, are Obi Wan and Anakin dirty? Uh, not dirty enough. I'll tell you what. Okay. I wanted smudges. Uh, Anakin does have the glove on, which is nice. It's a little detail. And then you have one of the little movable pieces. Is that uh, a droid? I don't know the name of him off the top of my head. With the, that, Anakin jumps on. That's like a, oh yeah, a, the lava collection droid. I think <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the little hands. And so it, 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 it's uh, one of the little details of the set I love. So, anyways, that's a Star Wars adventure, justifying <laughs> money purchases uh, for Star Wars. <laughs> Welcome to our new podcast, justifying purchases. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that so that was that so a quiet week well star wars wise for you and i but there is a lot of news actually i'll say this i i sat down to do the news as i do uh every sunday and i was watching the uh baseball playoff game that was going on sunday night putting the news together and i thought i don't know that you know we got the mando trailer coming monday night there's probably not a, not a lot of not a lot of news and there not only was news but there's joseph there's some big juicy discussion points in this so yeah if you're ready we'll dive in let's dive into the juiciness this is the headline a mando movie question mark well not quite yet plus season three is on schedule a lot packed into this story uh favreau and pascal uh pedro pascal and john favreau were interviewed by variety ahead of season two and many clickbait headlines which look we understand clickbait <laughs> headlines we understand get the attention get your clicks we want downloads too, my friends. 
Uh, but uh, a lot of uh, headlines have emerged hint uh, hinting that a Mandalorian movie could come out of this series. But really, not so fast. Favreau said he is in no rush in pushing the story beyond the streaming service. Pedro Pascal would love it, but has heard no plans. So from there, Joseph, uh, let's dive into some specifics because I think uh, interesting um, conversation to be had here about that idea. Uh, Johnny Fav said this. Allow me, uh, if you all will, to read this longer quote. I learned a lot from my experience over at Marvel, where it was very organic, how it would evolve. You're paying attention to a larger, st larger story arcs and characters that could come together, but also smaller stories of individual characters that could go off on their own thing. The key here is to keep maintaining the quality and never scaling to the point that we're losing sight of what's important to us and what people like about the show. He also added he's excited to see where the story leads us and have that flexibility. So let's start there, Joseph. That's some big stuff about the organic flow of storytelling. Maybe a comment on some planning or planning in pencil or having the overall picture, but kind of seeing where it goes. And something like that could lead to a movie. What, what do you think about Johnny Fabs and all the things he's saying here? Yeah, I love uh, a couple of things that he is saying. I love that he is making this distinction uh, between you're paying attention to larger story arcs and stories of individual characters. I mean, so much of what he's saying is really about that organic of like, yeah, we're not just going like, hey, we got to hit a movie. So which character should be the movie? And we got to hit it by this quarter. So let's go. He's Everything he's saying is like, hey, it flows from the story. And I like that he's making a specific distinction between like, yeah, it could go that we that this would grow into some big story. Maybe there's a, you know, bounty hunter guild war and it's a that's mm. what it's about. Or maybe it's just like, uh, hey, wait, actually, uh, this one bounty hunter we met. You know what? Maybe just Grief Karga goes home <laughs> yeah. to wherever his home planet is. And we just follow Grief Karga around. It's just it's about that character. And I like mm. that he is being is, is um as one of the main creators with Dave Filoni, that he is starting from that point of like, it could go off in these different directions and not just in terms of uh, what the story is, but what kind of story. Uh, and that's really interesting to me. Yeah. And look, there's, especially this week, there's some, some rumors of um, spinoff shows. Uh, one, one of which was to, as of, all a year and a half ago was was not just a rumor. It was something that was uh, in development uh, around town. We, we are hearing that one there. But, you know, a lot changes. And there's this idea here that Favreau, in the Variety article that they write, uh, Favreau did allow that the faster metabolism of TV production meant Lucasfilm can be more responsive to audience sentiment about the show. And, quote, we could start to expand what we're doing in our ambitions about, the, about what characters we want to follow, which backs up a little bit what you're saying there about, you know, we want more grief cargo. We'll get more grief cargo or something like that. Now it isn't necessarily that uh, it's going to be like uh, American Idol where we get to vote at the end of every episode about <laughs> more characters. But that's interesting stuff there too. That this could go could go a lot of ways if they want, and that they're not forced. I love what you're saying too, Joseph. There's there's no need right now. There's no mandate. Six seasons in a movie. There's none of that, which is uh, you know a fun uh, nod to a community. But uh, I like that they could just see where it goes. That's that's what I want in my Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a thing that happens just creatively, really organically. Again, um, I'm going to say the word organic like 72 <laughs> times this episode of the podcast, I promise you, because uh, it's so much, it's the distinction. Um, yeah, like uh, a script I worked on uh, for a movie uh, uh, in the last couple of years, it was just like, I, it, it involved a family, and for some reason, the mother just came to life. Like, I didn't really plan it. Not It's not in my outline. The mother just became like, I love this character. She's so cool. And then when I was shopping it around and uh, some 
uh, people were interested in it, they're like, we love this, but you know what? The mother is the star. Can you give us more of the mother? Like, it, it, there was nothing, and I think that just happens in scripts too. Of like, I think you know, Favreau and Floney might be just sitting down to go like, Mando needs to bump into this character on this planet to serve this function, but something about that character clicks and just comes to life. And I think that's the kind of thing that he's talking about. I don't think he's talking about like, yeah, well, you know, we've been looking at the social media data, <laughs> yes, and there are more hashtags, you know, for the armor. So whether or not we have any ideas, the armor is getting a show. No, nothing against the armor. I love the armor, but you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, no, I think it's important to know in this day and age. And I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't want to be, you know, Eastwood on my porch in Torino here. Just like, I think sometimes there is that thought of, uh, you know, uh, making a loud, not loud enough ruckus that you get away. And sometimes, look, sometimes it does work. Sometimes you get an animated movie character redesigned. All right. <laughs> sometimes it does work. <laughs> oh, the tonic rule. Yes. And I don't think that's an inherently a, a bad thing, by the way. I get it. I really do get it. And, and speaking out uh, is uh, about what you want as a fan is what we do here for us every, every week. Every time I, I say the written name Ray Sloan, it's because I want more Ray Sloan, you know, yeah. so we're there, too, on that. But, yeah, it, it's the, you know, where these and where the actors, once an actor gets into a role, um, you know, chapter 5000 of Ken mentions Game of Thrones. I'm reading that behind the scenes book of Fire Cannot Kill a Dragon. And it, it's amazing. And I, I know a lot about the making of that show. There's some things I'm learning of like, wow, that was determined on the set. And yeah. wow, a performer came in and said, this isn't working for me. Can we go this direction? Or demanded of Dan and Dave, I want to go this direction. And they went, well, that sounds like a great idea. It, it, and that's just part of the process. And I know Johnny Favs, uh, and, and I don't mean any, any disrespect. I, lo I love Favreau. Um, I, I know they're, they're, they're feeling that. And he's an actor himself by trade. So I, I, that excites me, Joseph, of that stuff could just organically flow out. There's that word again. Um, uh, and, and what do you think? Oh, I'll throw it. Uncle Bob uh, Iger said in February on one of the uh, the calls, one of the business calls, the possibility of infusing the show with more characters and the possibility of taking these characters in their own direction in uh, terms of the series exists. He's just kind of saying that out there. Um, and this, the, yes, this could very well be spinoffs, but I think with the books and comics, there this this could be more about a Mandoverse. And I want to kind of go there with you, Joseph. What do you think about a Mandoverse? That could very well lead to a movie, whether that movie's on the big screen or a streaming service, a two-hour block of storytelling, continuous storytelling. What do you think about that kind of emerging? Are you excited by that and, and all the possibilities? Yeah, yeah. I'm very uh, intrigued by whatever a Mando-verse might be, if it's movies, books, comics. Um, you know, with the movie discussion, we should be mindful of Disney just made an announcement, uh, I think last week, two weeks, about like we're putting more of our effort into streaming because right now that's that's yeah. where it is because we don't know, you know, when theaters are going to be open to a level they're, where they're profitable again. Mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. when we get excited about movies, it might just be like, it's a movie, but it's just the two hour special <laughs> of Mandalorian, yeah. but you're still going to be streaming on your couch. Like, um, yep. So there's all that to keep in mind. In terms of like the Mandoverse with books and comics and how much it might expand, I'm really, I'm excited for it because I like the content so far. I like the storytelling. I trust the creators involved. They've brought in other creators that I'm excited about, you know. So, mm -hmm. you know, here's a Mando series that's Rick Famayua gets to follow his bliss. Maybe it's the Jawas. I don't know. I don't care because I'm <laughs> interested in what he has to say. But yeah. I am also interested in what it does to the style um, like this goes to me for the to the Star Wars romance versus realism uh, mm -hmm. like we talked about on that main show or the deep dive show a little while ago of like 
right now the Mandalorian is it's defining itself by doing tip of the iceberg storytelling. It's defining itself by the mood of this mysterious Mando that you're ever gonna that you're only ever gonna know so much. It is doing that classic original trilogy kind of uh, storytelling of like. Uh, you know, hey, tracking fobs, they're just a thing in the galaxy and the characters know how they work and there's no reason for us to turn to the camera and explain them to you. Uh, right. Baby Yoda ended up on Arvala 7 somehow, but that's not interesting to the story or important to it right now, so we're not going to tell you how he ended up there. The more you expand, the more romance becomes realism as you fill in all of the uh, questions with potential details and answers. And I wonder what that's going to do to people's reaction to the Mandalorian that has defined itself by it feels uh, fresh because it's back to that mysterious, you don't know all the answers kind of Star Wars feel. Yeah, and it's weird. As you're describing that, uh, you know, it's like my gut reaction is as this grows, even just the show in terms of more seasons, I think we've we've mentioned this before of like, how, how does it connect with the larger story in the larger galaxy? Uh, you know, I still contend that if Moff Gideon is too big and too powerful, at least some message would get to land Mon Mothma you know, at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I want that. I want those kind of connections. But then does how much does that change what's working for the show? And Favreau is talking about some of these quotes here about, you know, um, uh, never losing sight of what's important to us and what people like about the show. And I know a lot of people do love that this is its own, quote unquote, own thing. So as it... Um, spins out i don't know you know we keep making the spinoff and the fraser jokes and whatever you want to you make there um but you know uh grief carga sitting across from uh you know genevieve o'reilly's mom mothma is something i'd love um but is that mando and everything the bigger kind of questions i don't know and that that's the only thing i i I don't know. If I want this. I, I don't have trepidation over it, but just like, can they maintain what they're doing? Which is as Favre says, we're not star Wars. We're over here in the playground. Yep. And, and he's, yeah. No, go, and would it grow too big, you know? Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And I think that's what's fascinating about this storytelling is you look at just this one uh, Mandalorian who's got his own adventure in his own life, and it really feels like, yep, we're just over in the corner doing our cool, you know. It, it's almost like the first season of Mandalorian is like that garage band album that happened to blow up and become the biggest album ever. And that garage band album is sincerely about you know uh not being able to move out of your hometown and the first time you fell in love and then the second album is like you know three years later and it's about like we we live in mansions uh how do we how do we uh have you know sincerity to our lives it you know and there's that big shift that a lot of you know bands uh wrestle with uh with that difficult second album because it's that you know they've stepped into a larger world and it's not a one-to-one comparison because obviously this right. is being made by, you know, Mandalorian season one is made by, you know, one of the largest entertainment conglomerations that's ever existed by right. one of the most successful filmmakers uh, of our generation in, in Johnny Favs. Uh, but but it's, it's interesting to me that the show dances on that edge of we're a hip little indie thing if we just follow Mandalorian and his uh, bounty hunter friends. But yeah. it's so close to... Yeah, but if you're looking for, uh, you know, Baby Yoda's species, you're gonna you could meet Ahsoka, you could meet Luke Skywalker. If Moff Gideon wants this baby for like force powers, that's really dancing into 
well, why uh, why doesn't that start becoming the story of how the First Order came about? Why doesn't that become that Moff Gideon is uh, actually pals with, you know, some Sith Eternal and knows about Exegol? And, like, it's fascinating that it's so small, but the storytelling that it's doing, you could see how it could so easily hook into huge storytelling in Star Wars. I mean, very easily. And, yeah, and, and yeah, your, your band comparisons are, are, are absolutely right. You know, as a lifelong Sarah McLaughlin fan who wasn't sure about Lilith Fair, you know, like, <laughs> you know, you know, uh, no, I did love that thing. Um, so, yeah, that's great. Uh, that's great stuff there. And 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 specifically just uh, I, I think, you know, I don't want I never want to ask two leading uh, of questions here for the discussions. But I mean, y- you and I would probably say safe to say we're, we'd be excited for a Mando movie down the line, whatever that may be. Absolutely. I am excited for a Mando movie with the caveat that if the business, the movie business industry manages to sort of emerge from the pandemic in the general shape that we've known before, where there are still, you know, movie theaters and we go out to movies, there is a part of me that wants the next on-screen Star Wars film to be its own thing. Like, I'm not against a Mando movie, but if they scrapped the Taika Waititi movie and just went all in on Mandalorian... I think I'd be concerned about that because I just I think I want something really bold, really new that really reclaims the silver screen in a in its own way. Like I'm still I still think they should do something like the Jedi Sith War uh, Mm. and just something really bold and really uh, reowning the silver screen. I, uh, I, I, you, you got go picture for me there. <laughs> there. Yeah. And as a side note, season three's production is said to be on schedule. And a large part of that is due to the volume and final thoughts uh, here on the movie and Mandalorian. If, if, you know, if it goes to the big screen, the silver screen, uh, as you say there, um, I can't imagine. I'll, I, I, I have a love like relationship with the volume. I can't wait for it to just keep getting bigger, bigger and better and bigger and better. But I can't imagine a movie there. No, they wouldn't do it right now, but in five years it would look different, but you know, a movie done on the volume. I don't know. I, I, I emotionally I'd, I'd have to kind of get to a spot to accept that. If that makes sense. Yeah. I don't care if it looks good, but I feel like, yeah, maybe, they, maybe they're, they need a bigger volume. Yes. A bigger volume. <laughs> get a bigger volume. We'll keep you updated on all of that. We're getting ready for Mandalorian, man. We are inside. Two weeks to the Mando season two. That's exciting. I love knowing the new Star Wars is on our way. And speaking of new programming here, we got the we're all going to be watching the Lego holiday special on November 17th on Disney Plus. That's right. We are all going to be watching. This is going to be fun. And they announced that three more of the main Star Wars cast will be voices on the show voicing their characters. (laughs) That's how that works. Billy D. Williams, Kelly Marie Tran, and Anthony Daniels are all part of the voice cast, which includes, for right now, I'm sure there's more, Matt Lanter, James Arnold Taylor, D. Bradley Baker, and Tom Kane as Yoda. Executive producer James Waugh said this to Entertainment Weekly about Rose Tico. Role, uh, Rose's role in this is that she really takes charge. She basically saves the day in many ways. We wanted to make sure uh, we got a lot of Kelly in, as Rose was going to be an essential part of whatever the Resistance Heroes future it's going to be after episode nine, and she was a blast to work with. Now, no doubt, Joseph, we we would have loved to see more of Kelly Marie Tranis Rose Tico in episode nine. We didn't get it, uh, but what is uh, what do you think about this inclusion of her in this special? Uh, does that mean a Lego special, more of a, a comedy piece? It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, 
Is this a good start for you? Yeah, what I think, you think this is a good start of, of justice for Rose. I, as we've talked about a lot, I would have loved more Rose in episode nine or a, a little bit more clear big hero moment for her to celebrate uh, the character and the character's perspective. But I really like what James Waugh is uh, saying in this quote that, uh, you know, kind of storytelling wise, story group, obviously uh, having some influence on what this Lego story would be. It's canon adjacent, but it does seem like it's really trying to, like all the Lego stuff has been of like, yeah, uh, there'll be a disco at Cloud City. But other than that, Lando's pretty true to who Lando is, right? Um, In these kind of Lego shows. So I think being true to the characters and saying, well, Rose does seem like the character who would say, I've got a lot of opinions about how we move forward now. You know, we've been in this resistance to save the galaxy, but now that we kind of have, what's next? And, and really step into a leadership role. Mm-hmm. That's really, really cool for the character. And I think it's uh, cool because, as you were saying, the Lego mm-hmm. stuff is comedic. Uh, Kelly Marie Tran has uh, experience as uh, doing comedy acting as a comedy person. She's, mm-hmm. I think, got great comedy uh, chops with her delivery in The Last Jedi for her comedy moment. So I'm excited to see her be able to flex those chops. And then in the kind of bigger meta thing, it's great to see Kelly Marie Tran mm-hmm. saying, I still want to be involved. I'm happy to be involved. That was the, yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. That was my biggest excitement is, you know, we, we saw how long it took Ahmed best to just kind of be like, uh, yeah, I'm ready to come back to do Star Wars. And granted he did start eventually start voicing uh, Jar Jar in Clone Wars, but even that took some time. He wasn't ready. He said, he's not ready. And, you and I have discussed Phil Lamar uh, uh, stepping in for a little bit for Kelly Marie Tran to be like, Nope, I'm here. I love this character. And yeah, glad to do it. Uh, that's uh, you know, maybe, maybe in her quiet time, she thought, do I want to do this? But she chose yes. And that's exciting for me. Uh, I, I totally think it's a great point, Joseph. Um, regarding uh, Ray, while added, uh, what is the, the writers were thinking, you know, what is Ray missing right now? She is so focused on the burden of being the only Jedi in this new era and the duty of potentially passing on that knowledge. She's missing the point that there still needs to be time to be with your friends and the family you've made. That's a pretty, I don't know, that's a holiday story to me. That sounds like a holiday, uh, you know, uh, lesson to be learned there. Uh, again, you mentioned this This is a canon adjacent. We're approaching this with a spirit of fun. I think it's going to you know, be silly. But what do you think about this just general idea for Ray and at this in this part of the story there uh, in terms of uh, perhaps going forward, whether or not we'll ever see other Ray material? Uh, what do you think about that? I think it's point? great. Um, you and I did an episode that was, uh, you know, uh, the rebellion, not rebellion, uh, uh, Republic Reborn talking about where yeah. would where might the characters go if there is future storytelling or just imagining putting ourselves in the shoes of those characters, knowing uh, their triumphs, knowing their tragedies, what would they be doing? And we, I think we talked about something similar to this, which makes me really excited that Ray, ha- along this whole journey, has wanted belonging. She's wanted, uh, you know, a family, and she has that now, but she's also truly accepted the lightsaber. She's accepted the mantle uh, of the Jedi. So I think this is great that she would be torn between those things. It, it makes sense for her character that she would say, you know, I am uh, now the the last Jedi, I am the next generation. I, I, that's a responsibility, and I got to take it seriously. Uh, but also, I could just kick back and spend time with my friends. Uh, to be pushed and pulled between those things is not only just a perfect, as you were saying, holiday thing to 
just highlight uh, the real world thing where we're all caught up in our own lives, but then we also want to spend time with our community. And that's, you know, in a lot of ways, what, what holidays are about, a reminder to, to spend time with the people closest to you. Uh, so I think it's great for holiday. I think it's great for Ray. And to take it even a, a step farther into Star Wars nerdery, I think it's some great Star Wars poetry because this is this is Luke stuff, right? This is Luke going, mm-hmm. I made all these uh, mistakes as I grew to become a Jedi. You know, Yoda really uh, told me very clearly this is not about adventure and excitement. This is about responsibility. This takes the most serious mind, the best commitment. So I'm going to get to it. I'm going to be serious. I'm going to be committed. And Luke kind of gave some of that, passed some of that on to Ray. You know, saying, yeah. you know, but the Jedi did fail. They made a lot of mistakes and you got to be really careful. You got to be a real person. You can't be a legend. So imagining all of that kind of stuff going through Ray's head and going on a similar journey to Luke, but maybe a better one this time mm-hmm. where her friends are like, that's great that you found somebody who needed to be trained. That's great that you found a dangerous force artifact, but also we're eating dinner with the Wookiees in the trees. So put the lightsaber down mm-hmm. and have some fun with us the reason you're fighting your friends. Yeah. This highlights uh, to me, the, uh, once again, the most important sequence in star Wars is Dexter's diner. (laughs) Obi-Wan knows there's a lot going on in the galaxy, but go get a space omelet with your friend Dex uh, and take some, take some time for yourself there. This is kind of a Jedi mental health issue. And I love that you, you brought up the Luke stuff because in the story we know right now, we don't know all the details, but he, he does pick up and go, start searching uh, the galaxy for clues. And I think it's great stuff about learning, all right, I'm a Jedi now, like my father before me. What does that mean? I got to go figure that out for myself as well as, you know, pick up the compass, all those kind of things, those, uh, those uh, canon things and plot things. But emotionally, just Luke kind of, all right, the war's over. I'm a Jedi. Roll up my sleeves. We got to carry on. We all do that in the real world. Uh, you know, you and I are kind of uh, similar in this kind of field where we're going seven days a week. You're writing, you're working, you're recording. And we have to remind ourselves, you know what? Uh, tonight, uh, me and uh, my wife are going to have some cheese toast from the smokehouse and watch a movie and turn off our brains. And I, I, a friend of mine, an actor, uh, Scott Antonucci, he just launched his YouTube channel. He did a video. He just did it today. And we were t- talking about it. He's like, you know, get out of L.A., turn off your mind and, and, and release yourself of that feeling of, oh, God, I'm taking a moment and therefore I'm not working. I think all that can apply into this silly Lego holiday uh, starting point for Ray. Yeah. Take a moment. Yeah, it's so great because so much about the sequel trilogy has been you got to learn from the past, both the triumphs and the tragedies. And it's great to see right away, like uh, this pressure to be like, uh, Ray, don't make Luke's mistake because, you know, Luke wasn't around, which made him turn into a much more of a legend, which he ended up resenting. Right. Because if he was like, hey, I'm going to come to the meetings about setting up the new republic. I'm right here with Leia. Look, uh, yeah, I have a lightsaber, but I'm not some mystery. Like, he turned himself into a mystery, you know? So it's great to see uh, that not happening to Ray. <laughs> I love that idea. Just, he went to the hills and made it easier for me. Let me tell you with the tale yeah. of Luke Skywalker. Uh, this is going to be fun. Any other thoughts, uh, you know, looking at this holiday special? The Lego, and Wa talks about it in this interview, this, you know, the Lego sense of humor is always there. You know, you and Jennifer in the past have always talked about the Freemaker Adventures. Is there any kind of fun little thing you might still want that hasn't been announced for this uh, holiday Yeah, special? I know they've hinted at having actual connections or perhaps characters from the original holiday special. I'm I'm really thinking we're going to see uh, Akmena. Uh, I would love Krellman. I want to see a Lego pour alcohol into the hole. <laughs> 
which is just like be such great irony for a Lego that they normally have the little, you know, uh, the thing on the top of their head. So if he had nothing yeah. on his head, nothing to plug in, just a place to pour the booze. Which also means we could be one step closer to getting a Lego minifig of B. <laughs> Arthur and Harvey Corman. And I. Oh, please. I would buy that Lego set for sure. Uh, one um, other thing that yeah. this just reading about this drove home of like, we can all make our life day jokes and the Wookiees and that, but also just to that, it is going to be fun. It is going to be silly because that's what the Lego stuff is. But just that extra emotional punch that Chewie's. Han's life fell apart and Chewie's like, all right, I got you, buddy. And then he's there with the resistance. He's taking Ray on dubious missions to (laughs) turn Kylo Ren. He's going everywhere. He's doing everything that's asked of him that all of his buddies would be like, hey, let's go to your place for the holidays. It's extra emotional. Oh, Oh, man, I hope we get some itchy and lumpy. Uh, We'll see. Uh, This is going to be a lot of fun. November 17th, we, of course, will be covering it here. On Force Center. All right, final story of the day. This is, uh, here you go, here you go. Luke Skywalker's death in Episode 8 was on the table prior to 2012. This kind of emerged from Twitter. Uh, This is from uh, Pablo Hidalgo's uh, Hidalgo's, uh, new book, Star Wars Fascinating Facts. It was quietly released on October 13th. You and I have had, we saw the book was out and we didn't even, we didn't even really talk about it. Uh, I didn't even know, know the release date. It's already in our laps. Uh, we're going to uh, get some copies ourselves and dive in. But a Twitter user named Uzer, Twitter user Uzer posted a pic uh, on uh, page 140 of the book and it made quite the kerfuffle. Hidalgo wrote that George Lucas's treatments for 789 had Luke Skywalker dying in episode 8 as well, and that this was long before the development of Last Jedi. Now, uh, we'll start here. It should be noted that it's unclear which part of the development this was. There's a Mark Hamill interview out there of him saying, no, George said episode 9 and this and that. And you and I, uh, the starting point for this conversation, Joseph, is you and I are very aware, as are most Star Wars fans, George Lucas, his own personal timeline, is often a little long. Yeah, right? yeah. In fact, there was an article from 2012 um, that I believe uh, the great Phil Sostak um, retweeted uh, mm-hmm. and shared uh, on Twitter recently. That's It's from like 2012, right after the sale, going through all the different things that Lucas had said about, is it nine movies? Is it 12 movies? Is he going to do all nine? No, he's not. You know, yes, he is. This is what it's about and, and how much it's changed over the years. So it's right there on StarWars.com from actual Star Wars historians that Lucas's uh, plans changed a lot. A lot indeed. Uh, Additionally, Hidalgo wrote, uh, and this was tweeted, I think I I saw this in our Discord. Once again, our Force Center Patreon Discord, a great source of information and news for us here. Uh, He also wrote that uh, there have been previously, and this had been previously revealed, kind of like what you were mentioning here with some of the Sostak stuff, that Luke would be a Colonel Kurtz type of character, and the character that would become Ray was like Willard going up river to seek him out. This is, of course, like Ap- Apocalypse Now, which, by the way, George wanted to do. <laughs> that was the movie he was supposed to do next after Star Wars. So, overall, putting this all on the table, Joseph, what what are what are our raw two part question? What are our raw reactions, and then what are our what are our what are our thoughtful, more measured reactions to this? Oh news? man, I think my my raw and my thoughtful reaction might be pretty close to the same. My knee jerk reaction, just for myself as a fan, as is, I'm always really curious what was and was not in these 
great mysterious Lucas treatments. Um, so it's fun anytime that there's clarification on what was or was not in those uh, treatments. That That's just my first level. That's cool to hear. I'm always happy to hear it. Uh, my next reaction um, <laughs> in linear fashion, uh, maybe a little bit more on the raw side of, I think Pablo Hidalgo is uh, so great. Uh, he has such uh, great wisdom and love, but also snark. And there is this like, there's no way that Mr. Hidalgo did not know that he was uh, luring meat into the shark tank <laughs> of the Star Wars conversation, right? Uh, it's really fun to share. It's, it is a truly interesting fact. And, you know, I don't have the book. Maybe there's some greater context that once I read, it, I'll be like, oh, that's why that's there. Uh, but it is, you know, he, he's got a sense of whimsy. He's got a little bit of that uh, sense of play about this conversation. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's that element, uh, too. Um, one other level of, uh, reaction, and then I will shut up because I want to hear your reactions. Um, I, I also just was not even remotely surprised by it as a fact. Um, I know for a lot of people, there's so right. much, um, consternation still about The Last Jedi and the, the way Luke was portrayed and then Luke's passing is all tied into some of the specific consternation. Uh, but to me... Luke passing was not, it was an emotional roller coaster as I watched the film, but it ultimately wasn't surprising. And it is not even remotely surprising to me that George Lucas would tell this story that a mentor must pass on in order for the new generation to emerge. Uh, George Lucas decided during the shooting <laughs> of A New Hope to have Obi-Wan Kenobi pass into the force because he didn't want that mentor just standing around doing nothing. Uh, a lot of the ideas of, of the force and the philosophy that George Lucas uh, built the force from is all about the just the cyclical nature of things and that the old must give way uh, to the new. So it's, it's a huge part of the hero's myth that the mentor passes on. So in some ways, this is really shocking and cool. And in other ways, this is about the most straightforward George Lucas likes traditional myths um, piece of information <laughs> yeah. one could imagine. Yeah, that, that's uh, right there with you. And uh, on that raw reaction of, uh, I'm not going to lie, I had a little bit of a <laughs> um, looking at this and going, yeah, that makes sense. You can't tell me. And I, I'm dying. I want to know every word in the official submitted purchased treatments of George Lucas. I would love to get my hands on those. Who wouldn't? Not for a case of what if, but just of, man, what was in his mind and what was similar and what would match up? And, and cause it, cause it's the emotional connections we love. And, 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 and a lot of those wouldn't be surprising, but uh, just, you can't tell me that the guy who made the prequels would not do a new series of movies and say, yeah, it's important that the current generation uh, passes everything on to the next generation. And that I tell a different story. <laughs> You just, there's no surprise there. Like you said, there's just no surprise that that would come. From yeah. George yeah. And I mean, maybe the bone of contention for some uh, fans is, yeah, but would it have come in seven, eight or nine? And that's the thing to me, that's a little bit more, mm -hmm. I don't know, in the weeds in a way that that isn't emotionally important to me. Uh, you know, yeah. and I think the, the great mystery to me of the Lucas treatments is I suspect from little things that have the little crumbs we've gotten, I suspect that Lucas's treatments are either just a lot of different roads to get to the same destinations that we got to anyway, which is like an example of this mm -hmm. one, 
or there was that one quote where Lucas said, well, my trilogy was just going to, they were going to go inside the force and we were going to learn about the midi-chlorians and the wills. And there's going to be all force priestesses and, you know, strange uh, cosmic right. virgences, you know? So I, that's the thing that I'm most interested in, honestly, is, is that something he said afterwards, after reflection, after he saw Force Awakens and, and got upset because he didn't think there was enough new. And he, you know, went out and, and said like, yeah, I was going to, it was going to be microscopic. You know, the main characters are going to be midi-chlorians. Do you say that as a, as a reaction or is that in the original treatment? That's one of the most fascinating things to me. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and, and you, you know, you got to follow George's, uh, comments through the years. A lot of them changed. A lot of them are very consistent and we're not saying he's wishy-washy or anything. He's just a creator and he's a, Kind of going to some stuff we were talking about Favreau earlier and, and the organic, there's that word. He just wants to see it flow. And, but it all, does stay true to that myth uh, idea. And, um, you know, in terms of, I, I always, not always, I can't say that. That's not true. But this uh, Colonel Kurtz type of approach and what we got with Luke, the grumpy man on the island, even though you and I were just talking about, hey, you know, hopefully Ray doesn't, you know, follow that path, goes a different direction and connects with their friends and doesn't forget a little bit of uh, pleasure with the business. Um, I, I just still think that was that just more way more powerful choice than fade in episode seven. There's Luke with a lightsaber going, let's go get him. Like, I, I, I love that we got the crazy bearded wizard that uh, had some issues, uh, just great tension in that for this story. And, and uh, I, I like uh, that uh, George, uh, who wanted to do Apocalypse Now, would think the same <laughs> thing or, you know, not saying I'm thinking the same thing as George, but just that uh, he'd be in line with that. Yeah, that I think that's the other fascinating thing that I was thinking about uh, with these treatments is you can't just look at it as like, what was George Lucas's master plan? Because it has changed over time, right? So you, to me, I think about it from, as a thought experiment of, where was Lucas in 2011, 2012, when he sat down to write this? Uh, by all accounts, knowing that he was creating these treatments as a package of selling his company. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so you can imagine Lucas being like, yeah, no, I know everybody thinks that I was Luke. I was, you know, I wasn't on Tatooine. I was in Modesto. You know, I was not racing my T-16. Mm -hmm. I was racing, you know, my car and I was staring off in the single sunset, not the twin sunsets. And now here I am much later having gone through all of this and am a little jaded by it, you know, that that is yeah. a part of what his storytelling is. Uh, and that if he's sitting down to write these treatments, when he knows he's mm. selling his, you know, his myth and passing it on to the next generation, that's going to be on his mind, right? The passing to a next generation and what does he feel about it? And how much did Luke represent that in his treatment? Absolutely. Uh, George going away to an island saying, please don't bother me. <laughs> it makes some sense. Yeah. Makes some sense. There you go. There's our raw reactions and our more thoughtful, measured reactions to Force Center Way here. We're going to get our hands on this book and we'll see. Maybe there'll be some other facts you can have fun with. And, and I'm like you, those great what ifs, Joseph. That's why the art of books are some of my favorites. Uh, and uh, Pablo, yeah, Pablo's got a, he's got a way about him. <laughs> um, and I think some of this might be him uh, poking back. I Look, I think his, uh, the visual dictionary for episode nine, he was trying to get out ahead of some of the, the questions he knew were going to be asked. He always, even the last Jedi one you and I've talked about, he's got the, uh, the answer for yeah. the bombs. Uh, and, and, and the gravity before the movie even comes out, he, he can, he can anticipate, he's been doing this for a long time. He's been in those forums since the nineties. He knows how it goes. So this is, um, 
a book that uh, we didn't talk about before, but I think it's going to be an interesting pickup there. So that is our look at Star Wars news. As always, breaking news will happen uh, right after we release these episodes, but at least this time we knew that a Mando uh, sneak peek was on the way. So hope you all enjoyed listening to that. Uh, before we take a quick break and come back with your questions, we want to uh, do our Force Center Recommends, an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Joseph, what do we have today? Uh, today we have Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray. It is one of my uh, favorites. It has a lot to do with prophecy. And for our deep dive episode this week, we are going to be talking about the prophecy of the chosen one. So master and apprentice seem like a good one to recommend today. Absolutely is download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. All right, quick break. We are going to reset on the other side. We've got your star Wars questions. This is force. Center. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volur xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. Hey, Four Center fans, don't forget, Four Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken, and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series, encore presentations of Databank Brawl, and special programming all there for you, and more shows on the way. It's Four Center on YouTube. Check it out. Welcome back to Force Center. Ken Epsuck and Joseph Scrimshaw are here. We looked at the news. Now it's time for those cues. Oh, boy, Joseph, what's wrong with me today? Take it <laughs> uh, I, I really like that the first question today uh, came from you about yourself. Uh, let's try to answer that. What's wrong with Ken? I say nothing. Nothing. 2020 is wrong with Ken, if anything. But 2020 <laughs> is wrong with all of us. Uh, let's dive into this. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Uh, we got a question from Twitter and from our patrons on Patreon, as always. Uh, from Twitter, we hear from Darth Ephra. Uh, Darth says, 
If you had to introduce a child to Star Wars, would you do it in release order chronologically with the animation department? Uh, I imagine with the animation mm. department uh, means, uh, I imagine Darth Ephraim means watching all the animation as well. Uh, I assume mm. that uh, the entire animation department of Lucasfilm <laughs> is not available to sit around mm. and watch all of Star Wars with uh, me and my imaginary children. But I'd be open to that too. Uh, so, Ken, how do you come down on this if you're introducing a child, uh, maybe your own, maybe somebody else's child to Star Wars? How would you do it? Yeah, at this point, it would be someone else's uh, or a chihuahua or the uh, sea otter Grace and I adopted over the weekend from a marine rescue. Ooh, did uh, you get a stuffed um, animal? No, not yet. I got a certificate. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've even got him on live. Now, sorry, folks. This is a, we're, I'm watching the baby sea otter Joey from Marine Mammal Rescue Center live right now on YouTube. Uh, we, we, we are one of the many quote unquote adoptive parents of this thing. Uh, we love otters. I want to, now I want to yeah. stuff otter. No, I asked because oh. it was one of my wife's uh, birthday presents to me was uh, a, 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 the otter adoption that came with the stuffed uh, otter is great. Can we start Otter Center? Because those are my. Some of my favorite creatures on this planet. Um, uh, yeah, no. So to uh, Darth, Darth Effer's question, this is it's interesting because, yeah, you when you really stop and think about it, this age old question is now just has many, many possible answers. I've always answered um, the release order, like see it as we all saw it. But I think you also have to factor in the age and also the Star Wars, uh, you know, the Galaxy of Adventure shorts on Star Wars Kids. I, you know, if you're three, two, three, four, I don't know when's too soon to show kids Star Wars. I think those are great because here's my thing. If you're three or four and, and I put you down and, and you probably know how to use an iPhone better than me now at three. But uh, and you watch these little YouTube shorts and you're pulled in and, and you start falling in love with Star Wars. You're not really going to remember it clearly. Uh, I'm going from, you know, when I was six, I thought Battlestar Galactica and Star Wars were the same thing. You know, I really was in the next wing. I didn't know throwing Buck Rogers, uh, you know, on, on TV and I'm looking for Aaron Gray. I thought she was Leia for like a year of my life until I finally, you know, seven, eight saw these movies. So I think it all flows in one. I think you could start there. You could really start there and just these little bite-sized shorts that just kind of get the mood and feel of star Wars uh, out there for you to connect to. And if the kid gets a little older and wants to watch more, I would still go release order. And, and I, I guess I'll include animated series it's just daunting <laughs> to to think all right you're seven now you like star wars yes daddy all right here's episode one you're gonna watch all of clone wars <laughs> i want right. notes all of rebels I want right? notes. all of rebels get the rebels so yes um that's my answer there you go Tom. yeah yeah i think uh i think that i would do the machete order um like, ah, okay. I, my my knee jerk reaction is always just the release order because then you're taking a child, uh, not just through the story of Star Wars, but you're taking it through the meta story of how the world experienced them and how uh, technology changed and how times changed and how mm. you know stories kind of start one place and they uh, fly backward into the future and uh, or backward into the past and forward into the future uh, and all that kind of stuff. But here's yeah. here's the thing I'm thinking about. Um, I do not have children. Uh, got uh, nephews and nieces, uh, and my one of my nephews in particular went through something that I've heard other parents talk about, which is the revenge of the Sith problem. Like Star Wars is mm. pretty PG uh, to PG thirteen throughout its run. I mean, literally, but you know, some mm. scary things are manageable. 
But then really Revenge of the Sith, especially if a kid is growing up kind of identifying with uh, Anakin, uh, regardless of gender, if you're kind of seeing yourself as a young person traveling this path, and then you get to, whoa, boy, <laughs> Anakin did what? Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be troubling. Yeah. So I think I would construct the viewing order to uh, put off Revenge of the Sith for as long as possible. <laughs> so, gotcha. you know, you can start yeah. with uh, Phantom Menace, Attack of Clones, then you jump back to uh, the entire original trilogy, and then you got to watch all the Clone Wars. <laughs> And then finally you can get to uh, Revenge of the Sith. So, you know, if you start a kid, you know, five or six, Phantom Menace is fun. This is great. Uh, all that all that business. Uh, that is the, uh, no, it's the other way around. You you watch, am I getting the machete order wrong? Um, is it, do you skip one? I think in one That's of the, I yes, think that I, one. Obviously, I, I, for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you don't skip one. What are you, what are you, crazy? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm typing that up right yeah, now. You, to, yeah, because it's designed to uh, preserve the surprise, right? One. Yes, you skip one. So you go four, five, two, three, six. Yeah, no, yeah, no. So yeah, I do four, five, uh, then uh, one, two, all of, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm confusing myself. I would confuse the child. You know what? Uh, release order. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> all that thing. release yeah, order but um, with the entire clone yeah. wars to pad out and tell revenge of the sith love that <laughs> yeah. wow. this uh fictional uh scrimshaw jr yeah. they, they they've got a uh a lot yeah of darth effra uh thank you for talking me through that so i will be far more ready uh <laughs> for this uh, theoretical child who's going to be watching star wars with uh, me until they are 28 uh move on to a yeah. question from rick villanueva uh rick says what real-world song would you put in any of the Star Wars films and in what scene? I say put the Benny Hill theme in when Han chases the Stormtrooper only to find the whole Legion around the corner on the Death Star. Great placement for the Benny Hill theme. This is a fun question. We love getting the uh, absurd, fun, silly questions, too. Ken, what real-world music would you put in Star Wars and where? And in what order? Yeah, sorry. yeah, right, in what order? Uh, so I try to think, you know, do I go some, uh, you know, over-the-top uh, pop song, uh, you know, uh, a lot of choices, uh, but I decided, you know, I'm going two of my favorite bands and two of their biggest songs and it would work. Uh, first up, I'm going closing time from Minnesota's own semi-sonic over the battle of Endor <laughs> into the end theme. All right. Just having Luke staring out at uh, his father while every new beginning uh, comes from other, some other beginnings. And it just, it's moving. Yeah. It's deep. So it's really finish deep. your whiskey or beer Ewoks. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then despite it being one of my favorite little sequences in star Wars with some of my favorite John Williams music. I'm going to take out the Jedi steps and substitute in the long and winding road by the Beatles as Ray goes up the stairs to meet Luke Skywalker. (laughs) Uh, That is absolutely great. Uh, Yeah. I think uh, for myself, uh, I know this is, this probably exists. I probably heard it, but uh, I like uh, the Lady Gaga song, uh, bad romance. And that's perfect. uh, I think for, uh, Ray and Ben slash Kylo's uh, tortured romance. So I, I'd put bad romance over the Praetorian guard fight. That'd be fun. I think that one probably exists as a meme. Uh, the other one that jumped into my head is the famous I love you, I know scene in the carbon freezing chamber. And as soon as Han says, I know, uh, I will always love you kicks in and plays over the whole carbon freezing scene. Oh, that works. Yeah. <laughs> and then off that, I thought, It'd be fun to do a little twist and, and you have, I will always love you 
at the end of Revenge of the Sith, uh, right after uh, Anakin says, uh, I hate you, but you change it to I will always hate you. But it's still sung beautifully. Very, very sad. It goes all the way through uh, the, uh, the surgery into Darth Vader. I love that. <laughs> the drums kick in. <laughs> and I uh, will not hit that note. Exactly. Uh, that's great. I love it. A really fun question. Answer. Great, uh, great answer. Closing time. I might need to. I might need to see that one. <laughs> uh, move on to our questions from Patreon. Then uh, we always get some juicy essay questions from Patreon, which is great. Uh, first one comes from Will Culbertson. Will says, "Do you think the prequel era's Jedi? Do you think the prequel era Jedi's opinions on attachment and loss have been influenced by the fact that their oldest member?" is a species that has a lifespan of hundreds of years. It seems to me that if all Jedi had your average human lifespan, they might all feel differently than someone who has had hundreds of years to come to terms with the fleeting Mm. nature of life. This is a great observation Mm. about Yoda's attitude towards uh, the nature of life, the natural uh, passing of, of organic creatures into the Force. Ken, what do you think about this? The, the, I second what you said. This is a great question. Great, great thought, Will, about Yoda. You know, we don't we do not believe there's anyone older than him in the order at this time. You know, uh, you know, there was, a, you know, maybe Yaddle. I don't know. Maybe that's why she retired early. I don't know. Um, so in a way, and I trust Yoda with this, by the way, but in a way, Yoda's setting the tone. Right. You know, he's kind of got here, got, been around the block. And this works for me in two ways. One, with what kind of Will's. Uh, suggesting here that yeah there's a little bit of yoda going well uh, or the other jedi kind of going well yeah you you you've loved and lost so many friends uh, or people like of course you're used to this of course it's easy for you to say like yeah you'll get over it <laughs> you know, i'm paraphrasing uh, what yoda means of course we had we had that really good discussion on this a, a while ago in force center on, on a deep dive but the flip side i don't know i look at a little bit of um you and I aren't 800 years old, Joseph, but we've been around a lot and, 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 and there is value in our own experiences. And some of that includes, Hey, I know if you're 30 and you, you feel depressed or overwhelmed about this one particular thing, you'll get over it. If you maybe take these steps, I'm not saying it like casual or, or cynical of, Hey, you'll get over it, but just like, Hey, it's possible. You'll, you will survive for me. Like one of my first big breakups that was like, yeah, my God, the world ended. The second, third one was like, hey, I, I've been through this. I know how to get through it. And I think there's something that I want to say about you, maybe defending Yoda here of like, he's got the wisdom of, yeah, this attachment, all these kind of things. Um, uh, it's uh, it, it can be dangerous. Um, it can be sad. It can be tough. But you can do it. You can get through it. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. No, I think that's a, that's great. I would love to hear Yoda's uh, advice on uh, breakups in your 20s. Uh, it's, it would probably be similar to the advice he gives Anakin. <laughs> Miss them, do not. Mourn them, do not. Just get your T-shirts back yeah. Yeah. and go on with your life. <laughs> Yoda, Yoda would say, uh, every beginning's end <laughs> comes from some beginning. Yoda wrote closing time. It all adds up. Uh, Yeah, no, I love this point. That's such great uh, perspective. That's such great um, uh, diving into uh, the truth of the characters. It seems like in the Clone Wars, we've been doing the rewatch, you know, a lot of Jedi seem to have managed this, um, this uh, uh, letting go of attachments. Uh, And sometimes that Mm -hmm. means risking uh, a loved one's life. Sometimes that means risking your own life. And it seems like a lot of the Jedi are really into the, 
know, that is the nature of things and sacrifice is a part of, uh, of Jedi life. And, you mm-hmm. know, attachment is, is such a great risk. You can't be too attached and all sorts of great ideas. Uh, but to tie that to Yoda being even better at that because he's old and he's experienced it is great. And it does go to that scene in particular in Revenge of the Sith, uh, where Anakin is clearly in a lot of pain wrestling with this fear of loss. Yoda knows that's a real danger. It always has been for Anakin. And I think Yoda gives him that very wise, very true advice that this is the nature of things, all things, including people, uh, pass, and you have to find a way to be be sad, but also uh, accept that that is the nature of things and rejoice for the time that you had mm-hmm. with that person and, and rejoice that they have become one with the force as, as Yoda says it. Um, but I always think even though Yoda's tone is, is kind and gentle in that scene, miss them, do not mourn them, do not is like a totally missed opportunity for Yoda to remember what it feels like in this age thing goes to that for me mm-hmm. of his, I think his advice is, mm-hmm. is good and, and well-intentioned and he's telling uh, Anakin the truth and what Anakin needs to hear, but he's not telling it to him in a way that connects to Anakin because he doesn't mm-hmm. remember the pain of his first losses. He doesn't remember what it was like before he, Yoda, mastered, you know, letting go of what you fear to lose. Uh, and that this mm-hmm. is a really great insight to that. And um, and I think he holds mm-hmm. on to it too because in Empire Strikes Back, he's pretty clear of like, yeah, no, you're, that, that vision's probably true. Your, your friends probably were captured uh, by Vader and the Emperor, and they're probably being tortured, you know, to try to get you to come there, and you shouldn't fall for it. And if they die, you know, they knew what they were doing. This is a sacrifice they're willing to make for the greater good. Don't screw it up. So, like, he's still being a little, like, <laughs> you know, uh, this, is, mm-hmm. this, this is awful, but uh, the, the way of things. Yeah, no, I, I think that's um, that's great. Yeah, it, it, a great reminder, too, is if you're in a mentor position or you're, you know, spouting out uh, and spouting off some great philosophies. There's a lot of great philosophies out there in life. But, uh, you know, I think I think those are, at the end of the day, just uh, some really neat words and sentences. And you got to remember to uh, the human condition and allow people to be humans uh, or, or uh, you know, uh, myriad creatures of the galaxy. Choose one. Um yeah, so I think it's a great um, looking back at Yoda and a good reminder. Uh, and that if he, you know, speaking to breakups, like, yeah, you know, I know now it's okay. But back then when I was driving away, listening listening to Closing Time on my uh, CD player uh, uh, 15 times while crying, you know, that those feelings are real too, yeah. you know, and, and you got to look Yeah, and that out. doesn't help when you tell somebody who just had their first breakup, like, eh, it's going to happen four or five more times, you know. <laughs> Yeah, make a mixtape, make a Spotify playlist, you know, it'll be over soon. Like, that is true from a certain point of view, but it's not helpful to that person in that moment, right? Yeah, like my my dad used to always, uh, if I like ding myself as a kid or stub my toe, he'd be like, uh, does it hurt when you do that? I'd say, yeah, and he'd be like, well, then don't do that. Uh, It was a joke. But also real. But you also know, real. So. Yeah. And I, I don't mean this yeah. is, a, is an attack on Yoda by any means. I love yeah. that the characters can be flawed and I, and I love that they can struggle. And I love that we see moments where Yoda is so kind and says exactly what a character needs to hear to help them. And then he has other moments where it's like, ooh, that's a nine out of 10, that advice you gave Yoda. But that 
that last point you missed really matters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that again, I'm, I'm a big proponent of let these characters fail because that's how we learn things from these stories. Uh, and, and Yoda has some failures and I think he feels it. That's why he tells Luke failure is the greatest teacher. Yep. Um, it all works. Great yeah, stuff. Will. Thank you very yeah. much. Will. awesome question. Uh, we move on to Jared Bennett for another awesome question. Uh, brace yourself, Ken. Uh, Jared says, mm. what would you say are the main thematic arcs throughout the entire Star Wars saga? <laughs> uh, for me, mm. I can see that love is a main theme and how it is played out from a selfish and controlling perspective all the way to a selfless and sacrificial perspective. Also, what is your favorite love relationship in all of the canon material, movies, TV shows, books, comics, games, etc.? May the force be with you always. Uh, Jared, this is a great question and a really big question. We could easily do uh, an entire deep dive episode on it. And we might, uh, we've done some episodes before kind of collecting what we think are some of the big, big themes of the Skywalker saga. But uh, I wanted to have a, a short version, shorter version of our conversation here because it's such a great question. So, Ken, where do you go? What do you uh, respond to on a kind of a deep emotional level as a, a main thematic arc to the Star Wars saga? Gosh, this just might be the answer because I'm run, running through other, you know, compassion, empathy, engagement, involvement, you know, not just in terms of, quote, pick it aside, but just like actively involved in the in the galaxy around you is something that that's a big important uh um there's also uh you know george would argue some of the themes there are distrust or, or at least question big organizations that you work with uh you know there's little things there but all of that does kind of in this general sense pour back into the love bucket <laughs> love and, and and what it means and and i think jared does a great job of you know describing uh the selfish the controlling uh, versions of love and what that can do to destroy love for your fellow um, man, Ewok galaxy, whatever term you want to use there. Um, uh, I, th I think it it is much like a great pop song is about love, desire, and the crisis of faith. And it all flows back into those three things for me a lot. I think that, 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 that could work for me too. Love, desire, and the crisis of faith uh, in star Wars uh, faith being uh, a lot of different things. Um, systems people beliefs actions yourself uh, but yeah I, yeah i don't i i maybe it's because it's one of those things where i'm seeing it on paper and it's hard to move away from that in my mind yeah but i think i i all all roads all roads lead to a love <laughs> all roads lead to a love another great semi-sonic song i'm sure uh gotta check out the deep cuts um yeah, no, I mean, Jared, this is extremely well written and i think you know attachment being such a central question and the way it's presented in particular in uh, in the prequels in the original trilogy uh that yeah there's a danger to it if you're controlling like anakin and and your love becomes about your fear of losing you who you love and it's selfish and then you know we see speaking of yoda and his fa failures we see yoda and obi-wan still concerned about that for luke but luke finds all these ways uh to make attachment and compassion uh his absolute uh, strength uh, and and the, the whole arc with Vader, so it, it is really tempting to to see that as the main theme. Um, I think for myself, uh, my first theme is going to be contain yourself, Scrimshaw, because this, like I said, <laughs> mm. uh, uh, mm -hmm. could be a, a long thing. I, I think what I'm thinking a lot of, about, and it might just be another way to say love, um, but I think hope versus fear; uh, those two opposing mm -hmm. viewpoints 
of any situation. Uh, and the fact that both those words, those ideas are explicit uh, throughout the saga, uh, that fear is what really, really holds us back and hope is what really helps us to keep moving forward. Uh, and I, when I look at the Star Wars saga as, yeah, it, it's meant to be didactic. It's meant to help 12-year-olds of all ages uh, step into the galaxy uh, for the first time. A lot of things lead us to fear of, you know, what if uh, I try something and people laugh at me? What if, you know, somebody's trying to take something I think uh, belongs to me? All, all those things. Uh, that can lead us to choices that don't ultimately make us happy because we're coming from a place of fear versus you're stepping out into the world and it's not all rosy. It's not just a, you know, uh, happy schmaltzy uh, Disney song world. It is an actually scary, difficult world. But if you have hope, if you have hope that you actually have agency and power and that you can make a difference, uh, then you can move forward, you know? And, and, and when I think of hope and fear, uh, it's, it's the dark side and the light uh, hope uh, is Qui-Gon saying, I go to the light because it's there and it's right. And, and I just, I have faith, I have hope. Uh, it, and it's, it's open, it's expansive in fear. It, just think about what fear literally does to your body. It, it's it, constricting and it, you know, a- anger flows mm-hmm. from it and it, it's, it's the dark side, you know, it's fear. Uh, so I, I think about that a lot mm-hmm. and I wrote down three others and I'm not going to say them. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to contain myself. I'm going to keep stick to hope and fear. I'm curious. I love I love uh, being enlightened uh, by your thoughts here, but I love what you're saying. Hope versus fear, because what you're saying, and, and the concept of fear too, by the way, and I see this, I don't know, this is a personal thing for me because I see some people in my life kind of twist this around where it's not fear of uh, can you stand up and be strong in a situation. A lot of times it's that fear. We talk about attachment, but just I'd say the fearful ones in the story are Palpatine and Vader and many in the Empire. You know what I mean? Like um, fear of progress, fear of, uh, of fear of love, quite frankly, and how love could change the galaxy and hope could change the galaxy. But you say hope versus fear. So that just made me think of uh, the, the, one of the arcs, one of the themes is choice and what you do with your choices you and i often talk about destiny and choices and where it leads you that, that's something that f- works for me as well too when you, we said hope versus fear i think there's a lot of what even what jared's saying of selfless versus you know uh selfish and, and controlling versus uh um you know whatever uh, uh, organic versus the mechanical you and i always talk uh, uh, different ways to approach it hope versus fear and, and the power of choice, the power of your own choices in your actions. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it plays out in so many, you know, different great ways in, I love that the sequel trilogy really, uh, that's what's at stake for a lot of it is we have to keep hope alive. We have to keep the light alive. We have to keep the, uh, the belief that we can take responsibility uh, for ourselves, for the galaxy and we can make a difference. And that's, you know, the arc of keeping that spark of hope alive all the way until the galaxy shows up. And then on the other side of the sequel trilogy, almost everything the villains do is out of almost like pathetic cowardly fear. Like half of the sequel trilogy, if not more, is just, you know, Snoke as Palpatine's puppet going, I know Luke Skywalker is going to ruin this for me somehow. So I'm just going to chase every shadow because I just like the, the movies are motivated by Palpatine's fear of Luke Skywalker, you know, and, Meanwhile, Luke Skywalker is, you know, having a midlife crisis alone on an island. It's fear, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I we could, yeah. 
I want to hear those other threes uh, eventually on a deep. Yeah, show. yeah. I'm just trying to contain myself because I know I know I can <laughs> I can spin out of control. So I figure why not uh, create some mystery on what uh, see how, uh, see how my, some of the other thematic arcs might be. Uh, great question, Jared. Uh, great question from Will. Oh no, wait a minute. I want to ask uh, answer yep. the other part yeah. of Jared's question. Uh, Ken, do you have a favorite love relationship in all the canon material? I mean, I got to kind of say for me, it's Han and Chewie. <laughs> uh, you know, I just, that's a great love story. Solo is a great love story. Um, you, know, you know, obviously Han and Leia and the kind of the more traditional ones, but just that that friendship bond. You talked about it earlier in, in the holiday special stuff of Chewie's always there, always doing it. And the fact that they're like, you know, in this modern era, even if it's canon adjacent, being like, let's go to your house for life day, Chewie. We, you deserve that. Like, um Chewie and Han have that kind of back and forth and loyalty and, and love and care and concern. And, and I just love it. I love that one. I love that. I love their yeah, love. Yeah, it is it is absolutely uh, beautiful. Uh, I think that's a great choice. Uh, I was going to say Han and Leia. I, I think you uh, came up with an mm-hmm. even uh, more insightful answer. But, you know, Han and Leia, just for in the original trilogy, establishing the kind of romance in Star Wars that is a little bit more... Um, the, the sort of uh, traditional old Hollywood uh, kind of uh, sparks flying romance. Uh, and then for expanded stuff, I do really like uh, Kanan and Hera, uh, Karen. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I also really like Obi-Wan and Satine. That really opens up such interesting things yeah. about the character of Obi-Wan. Satine is such a strong character. And there's such great subtleties in how all of that is discussed that opens up really interesting thoughts about uh, the Jedi and about romance and about uh, sacrifice. All sorts of great stuff come out of that uh, Obi-Wan and Satine relationship. Uh, yeah, I hope one day we get something on that a little bit more. Uh, to toss it back, and not to super extend the conversation, but also thinking Han, Leia, and Ben Solo, and that connection and the idea of love and, 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 and redemption, forgiveness, trauma, both ways. They weren't great parents. Uh, you know, um, Ben made some mistakes, you know what I mean? And, and just where it all ends up, you and I love that. Um, the memory scene with Han, but equally as important, maybe not more important is <clears throat> Leia's, you know, Leia holding, holding on to the end to, to save her son as well. That, that's, that's a pretty powerful love relationship. Yeah. Too. Yeah. No, I mean, it, that is insanely powerful to, to say, you know, and it's, it's go, it starts with Han's, uh, cheek touch in the force awakens and goes all the way through to, uh, Leia using the last of her strength to reach out to her son and all they're saying with those things is like we know you've made some mistakes son but we still love you is really really powerful yep and Babu Frick and the fandom is yeah the and then just to close this out okay uh, I wrote it down the order I would show my theoretical child is oh, good. four five one two all Clone Wars three six seven eight nine rogue one solo Go and then if my child will still watch with me rebels in the mandalorian and resistance, and resistance too, too. of course resistance. i can't forget resistance there's so much Lots it's so great and then and then of course kenobi you'll probably have to declare a kenobi day in oh, your yeah. house this yeah is, yeah uh, gotta gotta get it all in uh, before the child is ready to move out because you gotta let go let the child begin their adventure <laughs> Dad, please let me go. I love Star Trek. More. <laughs> well, okay, well, we'll watch all of Deep Space Nine, kid. Uh, all right, great questions from Jared, Will, Rick, and Darth. Thank you, as always, for all the great questions. 
questions. Absolutely. If you have a question for us, just want to reach out, you can do so on Twitter, Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center. Like our Facebook page, we are on YouTube and Instagram as well. Podcasts available at uh, Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music Now. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And patreon.com slash four centers where you can support us directly. Uh, you can also support directly on Anchor, too, if you just want to uh, donate and support the show. But as always, uh, a great way to support us, just subscribe, rate, review, and tell a friend or your acquaintances on social media about four center. We got uh, our own stuff we always like to talk about, too. Uh, you know, at the very end, we do other things. Uh, uh, you can go to kenapsack.com. Uh, to link to all my shows, books, podcasts. Um, uh, really uh, having a lot of fun working hard on Saturday Night Nap Talk, kind of my audio comedy radio parody show I love doing. Um, so check that out. We're uh, talking about charities every week that we uh, are invested in to kind of look outside the Star Wars galaxy, something I do, I've done a lot of work with uh, in terms of uh, charity shows uh, and, and getting the word out is an organi- organization called Operation Gratitude based out of here. Uh, in uh, San Fernando Valley, but they send personalized uh, care packages to soldiers uh, stationed all over the world. You can donate, get involved, and uh, always um, looking. Uh, you know, we used to do comedy shows when we were able to do comedy shows to raise the attention. Can't do that this year, so they're looking for virtual volunteers. You can go to OperationGratitude.com for more information. Joseph. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Joseph Scrimshaw, and then you can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com to check out all my other comedy adventures, my other podcast, Obsessed, uh, a book about pop culture I wrote a while back called Comedy of Doom, all sorts of comedy albums and stuff, and that's all on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. And the thing that I want to highlight uh, this week is just the website, IWillVote.com. As we are recording this, we are heading towards the final days, really, the, the last uh, several, uh, last two weeks, really, of the election period. And a ton of uh, states are, you know, uh, have early voting open, voting of all kinds. And if you want to get informed about all the stuff you need to vote, you can go to IWillVote.com. Absolutely. I put my ballot in an approved secure box last week and it felt good. So good stuff there. All right. Uh, that is it. So for Lego Chewy and everyone showing up at his house for life day, we'll see you next time. This was for Center. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.